0: Food Heals Podcast, Episode 105.
1: Crowding in good stuff eventually makes the stuff that you want to disappear eventually just disappear on its own. Why is I that? I don't know how it works. It's a very powerful
2: <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings
0: for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And
2: I'm Susie Hardy. Today we're speaking with Michael Temez. Michael was once morbidly obese, had severe obstructive sleep apnea, high blood pressure, and advanced gum disease. But after losing 105 pounds, he reversed all
0: of those lifestyle-related health conditions.
2: He also transformed the dysfunctional relationship he had with food, his lifestyle, and his true self. And in
0: Michael's debut book, Transformative Nutrition, The Ultimate Guide to Healthy and Balanced Living, he describes his influential health journey in detail. We're going to get into all of it today, but before that, we just have to tell you about today's sponsor. Our sponsor today is the Global Healing Center, where you can get 20% off any Global Healing Center brand product. Like Oxy Powder. I love Oxy Powder. It is a safe and effective colon cleanse product that uses the power of oxygen to gently cleanse and detoxify your entire digestive tract. It relieves of gas, bloating, occasional constipation. It it works, Food Heals Nation. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and of course, they still have our old favorites, the Parfait Visage Wrinkle Reducing Cream and my fave, the Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray, Beach in a Bottle.
0: Beach in a Bottle, Food Heals Nation. You can also try their 0 2 zap ozonated olive oil and this helps with eczema and acne so we get a lot of questions about those two besides changing your diet which we know is number one check out the o2s
2: app they're all organic all vegan all natural
0: lots of great products food heals nation i buy from them regularly my whole family does check them out at globalhealingcenter.com and use the discount code Heals for 20 percent off any global
2: healing center brand product next up our interview with michael The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: Today we're here with Michael Temez, who transformed his personal health And relationship to himself. And it was no easy task. That's right. His 13-year health transformation experience was intensified when he lost five family members
2: within 18 months, which I can't even imagine. I can't either. Michael was forced to have major mental, emotional, and spiritual breakthroughs in some of the most difficult times of his life. And he has come through on the other side, ready to share his experiences with the world through his new book, Transformative Nutrition. Welcome, Michael.
1: Hey, ladies, how's it going?
2: Great, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. It's such a
0: pleasure. Yeah, so we went through your bio a little bit in the intro, but you have a really amazing story, and we want to hear it in your own words. So, how did you get started in in the world of health?
1: Oh wow, yeah, it's a journey. It's been a it's been a fifteen year journey, mm-hmm. and um, first started uh, rewind about fifteen years ago. I was in a high school at the time. I was about seventeen years old. I met a girl and fell in love. And she raised she had a child and and we raised it for about a year and a half. And I found out that the girl was cheating on me the whole time, and the child was not mine.
2: Oh wow! How traumatic! And she had told and she had told you it was your child.
1: Well, I had to find. I found out through her aunt gave me her journal for some reason. I don't know. She was just like, I can't stand seeing you suffering like this, wondering what's going on. So she's like, here, read this. I have a feeling you're going to find out something.
2: But she had told, but the the girl had told you this is your child. Well, I mean, all my
1: family was like, um, dude, that's not your child. And I was like, well, yeah, it is. You don't know what you're talking about? You know, I was in denial, but
0: oh my gosh, yeah.
1: <laughs> in the journal, it, it, they like had details and like all the guys she was messing around with. And it was like, whoa, you know, I can't believe this is going on, right? I was only 18 at the time, 18, 18, 19 at the time. So I mean, as you can imagine, going through something like that, at that, at that age,
0: I can't imagine thinking a child was mine, and then finding out it's like, it's like a drama on ABC, you know, pretty much. much. How traumatic.
1: I, man, that just created so much stuff in my life. I I just started not giving a crap about anything and mm-hmm. I just started eating eating junk food and I put on like, put on almost 100 pounds mm-hmm. in like two years. Wow. After that.
0: Well, it's a trauma, you know, you probably had PTSD from your trauma.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. And what's interesting is that although physical weight I put on was not even due to physical stuff. It was more of a in, mental, emotional
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Overeating type of thing. I was eating fast food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow! And I didn't care. You know, I was like, whatever. You know, F it. You know, I just at that point I, I hated women for a while, and I went, I went through many years like that. You know, I, I had trouble manifesting a functional relationship after that because that scarred me so bad.
2: About, you know what I mean? of course. Let me ask you a question, Michael. Were you? Fit or more in shape, aligned with your health before this happened? What you know because you said this was right out of high school. Were you? Yeah,
1: yeah, you were... definitely. Good question. Yeah, I mean, I actually I was always athletic. I played baseball. I ran around. Mm-hmm. I rode my bike. Yeah, I was always. I was on the baseball team for high school, and actually had a, a I had a shot at the at the majors with baseball, and mm. that all went down the drain when I started um, dating her because I started cutting class and missing baseball practice and my grades dropped and, you know, all that, you know, all that story goes when you're a (laughs) teenager and you think, you know, the world and nothing matters. Right. Sure. (laughs) Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really, it's not like I was born and raised and had a a family history of obesity or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I actually adopted that way of that way of being and living from that experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, it's interesting having experienced the whole ballooning, you know, gaining that that much weight. And then over the course of several years, losing it at the same time. So after all that happened and I was at my heaviest, I was almost 250 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm five, eight. So, I mean, that's, that's morbidly obese for my height. Got it. I started falling asleep during the day and I even fell asleep driving a car and I got into an accident.
0: Mm Oh my God. So,
1: yeah, and I mean, and at this time I was about 20. This was like in 2000 or 1999. Uh-huh. So I was scared, you know. I was like, you know, what the hell's going on here? You know, at, at this age, this shouldn't be happening. Sure. So I went to the doctor, had all kinds of tests done, had the sleep study done, and the results came back and said I had severe obstructive sleep apnea. Wow. And I was given the um, CPAP machine to sleep with at night. Mm hmm. And that helped a lot. I mean, that that helped me get some restful sleep and I wasn't falling asleep during the day or anything like that. But I continued with my sedentary lifestyle and nutritionally void way of eating
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for, you know, for several months after that. And, you know, I was like, okay, I got to the point where I didn't want to be on this um, breathing machine for the rest of my life. I didn't want medication. I didn't want them slicing my throat open and doing surgery to correct the sleep apnea surgically.
2: Which doesn't work, by the way. My husband... Underwent that and it really? didn't, didn't help at all. Wow! And what I know of what and I and he still has sleep apnea. His mom has it, but it didn't help him at all. He almost died from an infection. And wow. um, from what I know of about sleep apnea, obviously weight has something to do with it. But yeah. you know, I started to, I started to research and and found. It is muscle, right? It's muscle in your throat that is not strong and it's collapsing and and creating a blockage and not allowing breathing. And and I right. actually found some resources that talked about strengthening that muscle through didgeridoo playing or woodwind instru- instrument oh, wow. playing. And <laughs> I got so and I got him a didgeridoo. Well, I'm a massage therapist, so I I know muscles. And I was like, it's a muscle. It's not like your bicep, but it's still smooth mm-hmm. muscle, and you can strengthen it. Sure. So. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, he, the the surgery did not work for him. Did he do the, the didgeridoo? We got a didgeridoo. <laughs> it's not easy to play, and it's it's circular. It's called circular breathing. It's it's supposed to be you're breathing in as you are breathing out. And he's like, I can't do that. And I found <laughs> I tried to find an instructor for him. It's still a process, but um, I'm not giving up. When I when I came across that, because I always look at health issues, and I'm like, you know what? What else can be done? Yeah, because I never think that it's just one way. You know, and um the bodies are f- so fascinating. There's a lot going on. And, and I always look for an alternative or look, keep looking. I don't give yeah, up. totally So, good. Yeah, so definitely. that's, yeah. So he was given the surgery option, which just completely failed. And I'm like, yeah, what about a didgeridoo? And he still looks at me like you're crazy lady. <laughs> I'll tell but, you
1: what, the didgeridoo <laughs> is such a, such a unique instrument, you know, and it's like, well, it it's could, so e- cool. it's it could even
2: of- be from, I even think it could be from any kind of instrument or maybe br- deep breathing, strengthening that sure, muscle yeah. so that it's not collapsing. And I know that weight has something to do with it, but at the same time, could it also be just from lack of strength in that muscle? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I don't know about, you know, I even talked to a, my friend's sister who has a, who's getting her PhD in sleep sciences. The first thing she said was, you know, does he need to lose some weight? Maybe that would help. But at the same time, you know, that made sense to me. I was like, why isn't that presented as an option? Instead, yeah, maybe it sounds crazy, amazing. but it could work. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, in my case, it was the, the extra weight that was putting pressure on my, on the muscles in my throat, which mm-hmm. were causing them to collapse when I was sleeping. So yeah, that's why, in my case, the weight loss totally reversed the sleep apnea that I had. I went back about 10 months into um, a year's resolution of saying, "All right, that's enough of this. I have to, I have to do something because I don't want to be you know having a heart attack when I'm like 40. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So 10 months into it, I went back to first follow-up sleep study, and the sl- sleep apnea was totally gone. There was wow. no trace of it whatsoever. The doctor was like,:
2: after you this lost is- the 105 pounds.
1: At this point, I had I had lost 75 pounds. Okay. And I had kept that weight off for 10 years. I was at that weight for 10 years. And over the course of that time, I had manifested a couple of dysfunctional relationships. And one of them was actually a marriage. I was married for five years and got divorced. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I was still holding on to stuff from the past. Not only excess weight, but I was holding on to some of the emotions and all the, some of the stuff that I dealt with from that experience when I was 19 years old. Sure. Causing me or preventing me from manifesting a functional relationship in the present time.
0: Makes sense.
1: Yeah, it, it totally does. I mean, a lot of people don't correlate it, but I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't see it until I started doing some personal development and, you know, like self-help work.
2: Mm-hmm. She really did, got
1: me to, um, I'm sorry.
2: I, I Sorry to interrupt. I was just going to ask, what did that consist of? Was that therapy? Was that journaling? What did that it, consist of for you? A
1: combination of personal development courses, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, the health coaching school that I went to, mm-hmm. and the woman that I'm married to right now, she introduced me to some really cool courses that really got me to dig deep into the underlying cause of things going on in my life. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of a bunch of different things and also some spiritual stuff to, you know, throwing in there some energy healing stuff and some meditation, yoga, all these things really got me present to see that I wasn't manifesting a functional relationship with another woman because I had a dysfunctional relationship with my body. Still, I had dysfunction going on, not only with my physical body, but most importantly, with my thoughts and my emotions.
0: Yeah, it's all connected. And when we make that realization is when we have the power to change, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's like, that is the key thing right there that I tell my clients, my health coaching clients, and that's the key element in most of the information that I talk about in my book is based around what are the underlying mental, emotional, and spiritual causes of the physical imbalances. Sure. Because once we get to the root, then we can pull it out from the ground and then eliminate the whole thing, problem and all. Because we have a approach in our Western society here, in the United States, the approach is that let's cut the weeds in the garden at soil level, so it appears as the garden is nice and and weed free. Mm-hmm. But the root is still intact, and that's not acceptable in my eyes. It's like it's like you know you gotta you gotta pull that root out in order to actually heal from the inside out. I mean, that's really the only, the only way that you're going to see the full mind body healing going on.
2: And this is something that, you know, Western medicine doesn't tremendously address. I mean, I'm a licensed massage therapist. From my own personal experiences, from my own personal injuries, I knew that emotions were directly connected to my body. And every time I had an experience like that, every time I was on an acupuncture table or a massage table, or even when I was in therapy, I knew that my body was intrinsically connected to my mind and there was no separation. Mm -hmm. And this is a really important point for people to realize wherever they're at in their health, it's like... There's no separation. And if you are emotionally eating, yes, you have to address the actual food that you're eating. I think I think that's the that's the way that, you know, diets and weight loss centers and even stapling your stomach that all of that goes into the actual physical contribution to the what you're putting into your body, but in my opinion, you and you tell me what you think, Michael, there's a lot of emotional attachment to that to eating.
1: Oh, let me tell you, when I was 105 pounds heavier, I stuffed my face not because I was hungry. I stuffed my face because I was sad and angry. I was pissed off from what that girl did to me from 15 years ago. Of course. No. <laughs> that's, that's really what was going on underneath it all. That's... And until I realized that, I held on to the weight and I held on to the emotions and all the anger and the resentment and guilt and all that shit I held on to
2: How because long... of Yeah, go ahead. Experience. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm just saying that's the power underneath all of it that's untapped and undiscovered and, uh, you know, and we're actually opening up to understanding this and embracing it. And that's huge. That's a huge advancement in our medical approach because once we really integrate that into our healthcare system, then we're going to see some massive leaps forward in transforming our broken healthcare system because right now it is severely broken and it's a symptom management system that tends to look at people as numbers and customers instead of as human beings who have stuff going on that they need to communicate and deal with and heal yeah. and move forward with their life.
2: Well, we are mind, body, spirit. We're not just bodies separated from mind, separated from spirit. And I am a, you know, I got a bachelor's degree in psychology. And I remember when I learned about psychosomatic issues, which is where you manifest things physically from your mind. Mm-hmm. I even myself at the time was like, Oh, come on, you know, and it took mm. a lot of personal experience. It's like a lot of education. It took a lot of curiosity on my part to go, Oh, no, there is no separation. And that's it. You know, there is, that's the main point. That's how we exist as humans. We're energetic, mm-hmm. we're spiritual, we are physical, but there's a lot more going on.
1: Exactly. And w- we tend to part everything out. Like there's 5,000 specialists. <laughs> it's like you <laughs> need a referral for every freaking part of your body. <laughs> right, right. It's like, what kind of healthcare system is that? When, you know, before we had our healers and our, you know, the, the earth doctors, they looked at you and they knew they could tell exactly what was off in your body because they knew it as a whole piece. Yep. A whole. And they looked at everything going on in your whole life, not just what's isolated locally. You
0: yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's a holistic approach because, you know, we were just talking about this earlier, Susie and I, how you can have a problem in your gut that's affecting your brain or vice versa, but the doctor is, that's a gastrointestinal doctor, is only looking at the stomach, where another right. doctor is only looking at your head when these two
2: things are absolutely related. And so they're all connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I personally had a just a fit, I'm a massage therapist. I got exposed to body work and massage therapy, because I had a physical injury when I was 16 from cheerleading. And throughout my life, I've had to maintain flexibility and make sure that I stretch my body out because it was a long injury. And I remember having a problem with my neck. And I went to see one of my massage therapy teachers who is just, I refer to her as my Yoda of body (laughs) work. She was so knowledgeable and she was so fantastic. She was my deep tissue teacher. Valguin, look her up. She's I've I've been trying to get her on our show. She will be here. She, I I'm going to do it. Awesome. But um, <laughs> she looked at me and with all of her knowledge, and she was very. She's very much aware of how Westerners look at the physical. And so she she knows about physiology. She knows about kinesiology. She looked at my body. She saw me move, and she said, "The problem, you know, the pain in your neck is not coming from your neck." And I said, "Okay." She said, "It's coming from your foot," and I said, "What?" and she said trust me and i said okay i trust you and she did some body work she worked on my foot she released my foot through my ankle mm-hmm. through my knee through my hip and wouldn't you know it an hour later i got up and i thought oh my god my neck feels better and she's like yeah mm. so there's so much more going on there yeah, you know definitely. and i feel like it's 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 a, it's a very exciting time in terms of healing and, um, humanity because, yeah,
1: you know, it's interesting that you shared that because my wife is actually also a um, licensed massage therapist mm-hmm. and she shares with me like all the time about how people have these emotional releases when she's doing, yes. when she's in session with them and yes. they're like. Like, here, I need you to work on this part of my back. And she's like, you're holding on to stuff actually in this completely different spot of your body. And they don't even realize it. And when she works on it, they have, like, emotional release. Like, some of them start crying or some of them are like, oh, my God, I can't believe that you worked there. But it it actually helped my pain here. It's just interesting, you know, the energetic connection. It's, that, well, you know, you
2: know what's so interesting is not just energetic. The way that muscle... Okay. So we if we think about knots in our body and tension, right? Knots on our back mm-hmm. or our neck, it's actually in what's called fascia, which is a connective tissue that wraps around every muscle fiber, every muscle cell, every muscle bundle, and every muscle group. It's throughout our body. And there was a great exhibit here called Body World. Did you see that, Allie, years ago? Oh, I where, remember that. Yes. It was, remember a German, that, yeah. it was a German guy. It was an exhibit out of Germany where he learned how to plasticize Bodies and different body parts, and he would Hmm. fill them with plastic, and then remove everything else. You could see he showed everything, like all the muscles. you could see just muscles. You could see just lungs. You could see you could see just the fascia. And when I saw the fascia, it looked exactly like these people looked without. Anything else, and it was everywhere. I did see this. I saw this in Vegas. And yes, they show,
0: he had done it with cancerous, yes, um, yes. Um, organs, and I, I left crying.
2: Yes, I mean he did a he did amazing stuff. He did just a digestive system. He would, I mean, it was just reducing. It was trying to sh- give a view of how the how the body looked and how different systems functioned without everything else so that we could understand and, and in an artistic way, which was amazing. And he also did yeah, with, 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 really with cool. horses. But the reason I bring this up is that fascia is what holds tension and these knots. And when I learned that it's almost like saran wrap, this stuff, it's very thin, but it, if you pull on it, like if you pull on an edge of saran wrap, it will continue. Right. So if you could think of a knot say in, in your neck, cause I have knots in my neck they will pull on your shoulders because they're directly connected. And if you don't release that tension, it will pull on the mid-back. And if you don't release, it'll pull on your low back and it will continue. And when I mm. saw this amazing presentation of fascia, I was like, oh, my God, it's all connected. But then getting to the emotional releases your wife was talking about, I had personal experience with that. I was in a When I started massage school, we worked on each other every day for 30 days straight. And our teacher said, someone in here is going to cry.
0: <laughs>
2: and I was like, okay, you know, and I'm I'm also an actress, so I'm kind of tapped into my emotions. Well, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> a I, I was the first one to go down. I was the first one to cry. Everybody, wow. being human, we store stuff in our bodies, and and I like yep. it was. I think it was a. I think it was like nine days in being massaged hours a day you have to you do, i didn't have a chance to to stop it i just was bawling on the table and then once i turned like three other people in the in the room started crying and you gave and them
0: permission i did and <laughs>
2: and it was beautiful and afterwards i felt better and we talked about it and and you know your wife is right like it, it is true people you know, if we can't process our emotions, we store them in our body or we will eat them down or we will overwork or we will develop an addiction. You know, emotions come up and they go away. And that's Mm. that's what happens to humans, what happens to animals. And if we don't process them or release them or be aware of them, they can wreak havoc on our body.
1: I am living proof of that, of that, what you just said right there. And I can definitely vouch for that. I had so many health physical health issues because of the stuff I was holding on to for years. And it's toxic. It's toxic, not only to your physical body, but to your mind, to your spirit, to -hmm. your well-being, like just your whole interaction with life becomes toxic. Yep. It's crazy.
0: So you were healing yourself emotionally, physically, and nutritionally. What were you doing with the nutrition that was different?
1: what I was doing is my, what I call a listen to your body approach. Mm -hmm. And see, this is another thing that really irks me about the wellness field and what it's become today and what it is today and what it's evolving to is a lot of approaches are geared towards absolutes and saying my way is going to work for everyone. And my way of eating my, what my research, my case studies my results for this group of people is everyone should be on this diet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got these diet books out, fad diets, these gurus come out and they say this stuff, and then that's the new craze. problem with these kind of approaches is that that's not how our human body works. I mean, we're 7 billion strong on the planet, and if you think about that, that's... Seven billion different immune systems, seven billion different sets of organs, seven billion different ways we process emotions, seven billion different genetics and and racial backgrounds. So the way we digest and assimilate foods is going to be different from one person to the next. So saying that one way of eating works for the whole planet, I think is it's just it's not true. I mean, it can't be. I mean, if you think about how we are and how diverse we are. Yeah. Yes, yes, we all have emotions we feel stuff. And we cry and we bleed. But all these other aspects that make us so individual is why I encourage people to discover what it works for you exclusively. Yes. And in doing so, you have to listen to your body. That's the most powerful and effective way to actually know what your body's telling you. Mm-hmm. And it knows because it has this innate ability. It has this innate understanding of what works and what doesn't yes. and it's our body's constantly communicating with us letting us know when something is off in our body it gives us these symptoms these symptoms are like warning lights when our when we're, like in our car we get the check engine warning light <laughs> our body does the same thing it says hey boss something is off right now that I have, is you so know, you true right here you know
2: that is so true and what do we do we take an advil or we ignore yeah, it exactly. or we'll be like ah that's from that it's fine
1: Exactly. So this is this is what we do. We put a piece of duct tape on the check engine warning light. (laughs) You know, that's the same thing as saying, oh, well, whatever. You know, it's just a little pain. It'll be fine. It'll go away. It'll go away. But, you know, that just gets worse and worse and worse. And then or we or we go to the doctor and we get medication to cover up the symptom. Problem with that is, then we have side effects right. from that medication, and then we need to go for another medication to cover up the side effects from the original medication, and then we have side effects from the second medication, and then we—it just turns into a, a circle of medications yes. that somehow doesn't end for some reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did they so, try to give you medication? No,
1: surprisingly. Well, I actually was upfront, and I was like, I don't want medication. Good, so good for yeah, you. I, yeah, I knew I didn't want anything. I just. I didn't want to make changes to my lifestyle. I was still being lazy, mm-hmm. but I also didn't want any invasive stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, I'll just sleep with this machine and I'll, I'll just take it day by day. Good so for you. it got to the point where I had a wake up call. You know, I just, I got winded. I couldn't walk upstairs anymore. I couldn't tie my shoes. It was mm-hmm. like, all right, that's enough. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just, so the whole listen to your body, I was tangenting, I, I apologize. <laughs> the whole listen to your body <laughs> concept is very powerful, and that's really the approach that I took to figure out what foods work for me and what don't. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everybody to really, really try that out, because in this day and age, with all the conflicting information on nutrition and everybody pointing their finger, say, accusing of them being wrong. And and they're, you know, one day chocolate's good for you. One day it's horrible. One day wine is great. One day it's terrible. And it's like, enough with this crap already. I just saw.
0: Yeah, I saw a news story about this saying, here's how they manipulate the studies just to give you headlines. And it really none of it is true. It was ridiculous.
1: It really is. And it's like every other day, some conflicting information on the same exact supplement, the same exact food, the same superfood, the same whatever it is. And it's like, enough, enough with this already enough with the fad diets enough with the dieting. I encourage people to stop dieting and start living, start authentically living your life. So that way you can actually experience and know what your body's trying to tell you. So that way you can create your own diet based on what your, what your shamanic body is telling you, because we are, we are innately shamans. We know how to heal ourselves If we just tap into that, ability, that knowing. Yes, we do.
0: We couldn't agree more. So stop dieting and start living. Listen to your body. I love all of those things. And so what was your body telling you that you had to do at this time?
1: Wow. It was telling me so much. (laughs) (laughs) I have this, uh, you know, it was more of not of a restrictive type approach. It was more of a, how can I add something good instead of restrict myself? Yeah, because that's another issue that I see with a lot of the approaches today is restrict, 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 restrict calories, restrict carbs, restrict fats, restrict this, restrict that, get Mm -hmm. this out of your diet, remove Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. What that tends to create is a pissed off ego. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, our ego tends to get a little bratty when we try to tell it we can't have the pizza or we can't have the, the potato chips. Right. I know this and I bet you a lot of listeners can relate to that statement
0: definitely. It's like, I deserve this. I can have whatever I want kicks in when you try to restrict yourself.
1: Exactly. I had that and it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time it tends to come back in a more aggressive force. So it's like, oh, okay. So you want to try to eliminate me now? Okay. Well, we're just going to create patterns here of, Let's indulge anyway and then we'll feel guilty and we'll beat ourselves up and then say, oh, I feel bad for you now. Well, let's indulge again and then create a new cycle. Oh, well, now I feel bad and another cycle is created, just like the whole medication cycle. Sure. So in order to break that cycle, we get to the underlying part of it where we just start adding the good stuff in. So mm-hmm. I, started, I started exercising. I started eating more salads, adding like more greens in, more water more positive thoughts. And eventually, it's this approach called crowding in that the Institute for Integrative Nutrition teaches the health coaches, which is the school I graduated from. Mm -hmm. Crowding in good stuff eventually makes the stuff that you want to disappear, eventually just disappear on its own. Why is that? I don't know how it works. It's a very (laughs) powerful concept.
2: I could understand it, but I'm just trying to think of like, there's got to be a switch in your mindset, right? When you're used to eating that kind of food or indulging and, and saying, oh, I'm going to just have a little bit or sneak it. There's, I mean, I I could kind of understand. It. I'm just trying to think of like, why would that work? You start to crave the vegetables. Well, I yeah, think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What
1: happens is you you stop craving the garbage because you're feeding you're, you're nourishing yourself. What you're giving your body what it wants. What you're it, what, to it, it, it,
2: it, it. Really is, what it, is, it needs really is is nutrients exactly. as opposed to empty the calories. Fuel that's
1: going to give you this the sustain your energy for the day. It's going to give you the brain power that you need. It's going to give you the the vitality to live vibrantly for the day for your life. You know what I mean and when the thought comes up or when the urge comes up to indulge in the comfort foods that we indulge in, and it's fine to have the, you know, the comfort food every once in a while, but when it becomes a drug to numb emotions, then we know that there's something that needs to be looked at underneath it all.
0: Yes. You have to deal with those emotions. exactly,
1: And that's what I was going to address when you said, well, how do I transform that when, when, you know, you're crowding this, these good foods in. So one of the approaches that I like to present is, when one of those situations comes up where you're reaching for the cookies or the junk food, really get present to what is going on at that moment in your life. Because a lot of the time we live in such a fast paced society that we're not present most of the time. I mean, we're walking around. So I mean, we're on our phones, we're checking email, we're eating it. Mm-hmm. We're on social media trying to eat dinner at the table. And it's like no presence whatsoever. When we actually start questioning our actions, then we can actually uncover why we're reaching for the junk food. So like, for example, if someone is at a miserable job or in a dysfunctional relationship, coming home from work, from the miserable job, reaching for the junk food, instead of dealing with the job that they hate so much, coming home, revising their resume, maybe start looking for a job or something, reaching for the, the food is much easier than Actually, putting the work into finding a job that they actually like. Same yeah. thing with being in a bad relationship. Addressing that would be a lot more powerful, but it's going to take some time to transform to to really get to manifest a healthy relationship.
2: I'm noticing a theme here, Michael. I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm listening to what you're saying, and it's and it's about truth. It's about honesty. It's about what's really going on. For um, I'll use myself as the example. What's really going on for me when I reach for the ice cream? or when I, instead of going for a run, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to watch reality shows mm. as opposed to going, you know what, I'm sad or I'm unhappy in my job or this relationship is not what I wanted it to be. It, 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 mm-hmm. It's about truth, isn't it? It's about being it's, real with exactly. yourself. It's being honest and like forthright and not reaching for something that's going to numb you out, whether that be food, alcohol, addiction, what have you. Exactly. The question is,
1: are you living your authentic self? Are you being your, the, the highest version of yourself in every area of, their, of your life that you could possibly be? Right. Not, uh, and I'm not only talking about physical health, weight loss, nutrition. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, are you happy at your job? Do You have healthy relationships, not only with significant others, but with your brothers, sisters, and mothers, and daughters, and cousins. Are you happy with your financial? Are you happy with your educational level? Mm -hmm. Are you happy with your social life? You know, these are are all the questions that make the whole, these are all the pieces that make that holistic puzzle complete. In order for that puzzle to be complete, all those pieces need to be balanced. Yes. And that's exactly what my book is all about, is about healthy and balanced living and getting to what is going to create that balance for our lives in every area.
0: Well, I'm really excited to actually talk about your book. So let's take a quick break and come back to talk about Michael's book, Transformative Nutrition The Ultimate Guide to Healthy and Balanced Living. Today's show is sponsored by the Global Healing Center. You know them. We talk about them all the time. You know that all their products are organic, are free of GMOs, use no toxic ingredients, are eco-friendly, and you know that I'm obsessed with their Parfait massage, and I'm obsessed with their Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray, and you know we scored a discount code for you to get 20% off of their products. Yep. Use coupon code FOODHEALS to get 20% off plus free shipping on your purchase at Global Healing center.com
2: you're listening to the food hills podcast make sure to subscribe rate and review us on itunes
0: all right food heals nation we're back with author michael temez we're going to talk all about his book transformative nutrition the ultimate guide to healthy and balanced living
2: michael can relate very closely to what people deal with when it comes to weight related health imbalances And his unique and progressive approach is not just for people
0: who want to lose weight or eat healthier. It's really intended for anyone who wants to establish a functional, healthy relationship with their body, meanwhile impacting every area
2: of their life. As a certified integrative health coach and published wellness author, Michael's mission is to inspire a permanent shift in the way people eat, think, feel, live, and love. So beautiful. So Michael,
0: we want to hear all about your book Transformative Nutrition and really what happened because we know that you said that what part of your transformation experience was intensified when you lost five family members within 18 months, which Susie and I can't even imagine. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, when I look back at this at this time in my life right now, I still can't even I can't even understand how I how I How I dealt with that. It was a very hard, very hard time in my life.
0: I can imagine. It's very traumatic.
1: My, yeah, my dad was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, Mm -hmm. in 2004. And he was actually one of the other big inspirations for me to write the book, uh, other than me losing all the weight and reversing disease in my body. Mm -hmm. He was diagnosed with a two-year life expectancy in 2004. Yeah. And at that time, I was going through my health transformation. So it was perfect timing, actually, because I started researching about that disease. And I like I dedicated like hours and hours and hours and hours of my time to try to figure out how we can slow the progression of it. And help him just kind of comfort him, you know, because it was a it was a very, very tough disease to have for him. So the doctors gave us. Basically nothing. They they were next to nothing as far as being you know supportive and helpful. They offered him a medication that would prolong his life three to four months. Mm. That was all the doctors could offer as far as any treatment goes for that. Because there's like, no cure for the disease at this point. Right. And, you know that's that's what we're told. That's I mean, what we're I, told. Right. Yes. Exactly. So I completely just. Man, I just went through all the cabinets, got rid of all the junk food, all the chemicals, replaced it with with natural versions of everything. Good for you. Got everything out. And he was very open. He's like, do whatever because, you know, these doctors, they got no answers for me. Right. So, okay, we'll create our own damn answers then.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. We'll
1: create something here. Yeah. So we, I had him get rid of all his mercury amalgam fillings. Mm-hmm. He had every molar in his mouth filled with mercury with a mercury amalgam filling.
0: So did both of my parents and my mom had MS and cancer and my father had cancer. I wonder why. Go on.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I have a whole chapter in my book dedicated to controversial issues Mm. and it's called Cream of Controversy Soup. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. And the whole mercury amalgam causing neurological disorders and other diseases is definitely one of the hot topics in that chapter.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because I firmly believe that because mercury is a very potent neurotoxin and brain toxin, mm-hmm. and the proximity of the fillings to our brain, every time you chew, the mercury vapor is released, and the brain is a very sponge-like substance. It just it absorbs all that vapor. Right. And immediately toxifies the whole nervous system. Yep.
0: That's why I had all of my fillings removed about 10 years ago.
1: Yes. That's good. And I uh, I recommend anybody that has any amalgams, any silver left in their mouth, get them removed with the composites, yeah. the resin stuff, because there's no metal in those at all.
0: Yeah. And you know? dentists today are a lot better about it. I don't think anyone is still doing those fillings, but if you have them from the past, it's best to get them removed, But you have,
1: absolutely.
0: but you have to get them removed by a dentist who knows what he's doing, because there's a lot of problems that can happen if they don't do it the right way. Like you can get very, very toxic, very, Mm -hmm. very fast.
1: Yes, you have to go to a biocompatible dentist or a holistic dentist they have the tools to take the mercury vapors that are released when they pull those fillings out. Exactly. So, now, yeah. what
0: is biocompatible? I'm sorry, I haven't heard that term. I like that.
1: Basically a dentist that works with your body instead of against it.
0: I love it. Okay. So
1: they they look at your whole body like them. They might even take your blood pressure. And people are thinking, What the hell? I'm going to the dentist. Why are you taking my blood pressure? Well, because they're a holistic approach. You know, they look at your whole body, not just your mouth.
0: Because you know? it's all connected, like we said all earlier. Connected.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I think, you know, people were starting to Get it now. Finally. all, (laughs) You know, it's like a wake up call America. Hello. We're two. Our portion sizes are 200 to 300% more than they were 40 years ago. And our waistlines have expanded so much. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, back to what I was saying. So we eliminated all the chemicals, got all the amalgams out and everything I possibly could to stop the progression of it. Mm -hmm. He lived until January of 2012. so So. he lived eight years wow. into his diagnosis, six years beyond wow. what the doctors gave him.
0: That's and amazing! Congratulations! He actually—I
1: know it, it was amazing—and I and I firmly believe it's because of all the stuff that I had him try. And man, you, you oh my God, you—you you name it, we tried it. Some of the most woo-woo stuff to <laughs> to some of uh, you know some sh- you know like herbal stuff to like folk remedies to we love woo woo (laughs) yeah some of the stuff we tried was just crazy but I mean a lot of it actually we noticed
2: I want to rebrand that instead of woo woo to woo woo woo
1: woo because
2: (laughs) you know what I I have always been interested in that all that stuff (laughs) all that woo woo stuff since i was a kid (laughs) my grandmother from who was born in the turn of the century was always into juicing and knew what knew that what you put in your body mattered and it's like that's not it's almost like oh it's a new age thing no it's not it's just it's it's reversing what we've been brainwashed with which is oh chemicals are fine you're fine (laughs) mercury fillings are fine no they're not yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. I interrupted you. Go ahead, please, Michael. You're talking <laughs> to me about your dad, your herbal stuff and woo-woo stuff. Yeah,
1: we noticed, especially after he got his amalgams removed and we took all the chemicals out of the cupboards and the refrigerator and replaced it with good organic stuff. Yeah. His progression significantly slowed down for like two to three years after his diagnosis.
0: Amazing. And, you
1: know, like he, he even gained some some mobility back in his hands and his arms and his speech improved it was incredible. I mean, it really goes to show that you are what you eat and food really does heal just like this whole podcast is about. And that's a very powerful concept that I would like listeners to take home is that when you get the garbage out, your body can heal itself. Yes. That's really, our body is begging for our cooperation. It's begging for us to really listen to it and can heal it with the foods and, and the good stuff. So over the course of all the ten years that my dad had this illness, he passed away in two thousand twelve, mm-hmm. and that was really difficult for me because he was like a brother to me growing up because I was an only child, yes, and I was too. very close to him. He was my baseball coach, and I was very into baseball, and he was very. I was very close to him. Yeah. So that profoundly impacted me, and I mean I. I've started picking up some habits. I put on like 30 pounds after that happened. I started smoking cigarettes I started drinking booze mm-hmm. and I was just like, I fit all kind of yeah. mentally, you know, I, this really sucks. I've been there. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> during that time, my grandfather also, he had dementia during this course of the, the whole time that my, the last couple of years that my dad was sick my grandfather started getting, getting really bad. Mm-hmm. So like four or five months after my dad passed away, my grandfather went in the hospital and he became really ill and he eventually passed away in the hospital.
0: Mm.
1: And then my uncle, this is all on my dad's side of the family. So his dad, and then my uncle, which was my dad's brother, sure. he was in a, an ICU. He had like, I think he had a stroke or something. He had heart problems because he had a, a heart attack previously. Mm-hmm. So he was in the hospital and he was in and out of ICU for a couple months. So he was in the hospital and we would go see him. And then during this time when I was visiting my uncle, I got a call from my mom saying my other uncle from the same side of the family passed away from mm. alcohol poisoning. Oh, my gosh. He had issues with alcohol, but he really hit the bottle hard when, when he lost his brother and his dad in five months period. Yeah. And, his, and his brother was sick in the hospital. That's a lot. So, yeah, he hit the bottle really hard, and he just, yeah, he passed away just like that out of nowhere, and he was only like 60. So, I got this call from my mom, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Are are we just like being eliminated or something? God, how stressful. I made up so much crap about it, and I was like, no, it's just, you know, what was going on, I didn't realize it. And at that point, I had lost three family members in a short period of time, and then my other uncle that was in the hospital that whole time had had eventually passed away as well. So I had lost four people on the same side of my family within, it was like a little over a year. It was like 13 months. Jesus. And about a few months later, I got a call from cousins that I don't really, I'm not as close as I was to before in, when I was younger. But they called and said my cousin had just passed away. He was like 31 years old or something like that. <sighs> So, and this was like a few months after I lost all those people. So, in like a year and a half time, I lost five family members.
0: That is so, unimaginable.
1: Yeah. And this was, and like I said, at this point, I was, I had started some some bad habits. Mm-hmm, like I said, mm-hmm. when my father passed away and they continued for a while. And that's when I met my wife now, but she was my girlfriend back then. Sure. She took the cigarettes out of my hand and she had me actually look at things. And I started, you know, processing stuff.
0: Good
2: for
1: her. Like, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> she, she's, a, she's amazing for that. She really, I owe a lot of my growth to her because I don't know where I would be right now with having to deal with all those deaths mm-hmm. without her support.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was really monumental for me to meet her at that time in my life because I needed that support and she was there. And and it's really great to have someone like that when those kind of life challenges come up for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she got me present to what I was dealing with and how you know death is you know kind of more of a rebirth. Mm. And I didn't see any possibility out of it. I was just looking at it as, wow, this is some messed up shit going on in my life right now. (laughs) And that's all I was seeing it as. Yeah. I wasn't seeing any possibility. I want to hear about that, you know? And she helped me to grieve. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I cried more than i've ever cried in my life during that time period and crying is incredibly healing it is and as a oppressive society men are made wrong when they cry yes. and i am so sick of this and we need to really understand that it is incredibly healing especially for men to let these let these emotions out i had to let it i let it out because i was destroying my body by holding on to this grief and sadness, just like I was destroying my body from previously when I was in that dysfunctional relationship when I was 19 years old and the girl cheated on me, Mm -hmm. I was holding on to all that anger and it was toxifying my body. So it was the same thing with the holding on to the grief and not moving forward with my life from all the deaths, you know, processing it in a healthy way and no smoking cigarettes and drinking booze. Is not healthy, but I'll tell you what, holding onto grief and sadness for the rest of your life is infinitely more unhealthy than smoking for, I think I smoked for like a year and a half and drank booze.
0: Well, there's those people that drink and smoke their whole lives but are happy and never get cancer, and then there's people that never do anything, you know, supposedly bad, like smoking, drinking, eating bad sure. and then they end up with cancer. Well, it's because they have some sort of undealt with emotions, you know, and that's really hard for us who usually are used to following Western medicine to understand that your feelings are things, your thoughts are things, your emotions matter. And Steve Jobs said on his deathbed that he could not get rid of the cancer because there were people he could not forgive. He was angry. Mm. He was wow, that's, holding that's on to cool. anger. Yeah. And that I. Look, is, wow. it's powerful. And I look really at is. Yeah. And I look at my father and I think that, you know, as he wasn't healthy, first of all, physically he was drinking and smoking, but he also suffered so much tragedy in his life. He had a, a brother that was run over by a truck that, in front of his eyes. So he saw his brother's wow. death. He had a father who committed suicide. He had a wife who died of cancer in front of his eyes. Oh my God. Yeah. So he went through all this tragedy, and I don't think he dealt with it. He was acted like the most you know, put together person because he didn't never, he never could deal with it. All he did was drink and smoke his problems away. Mm -hmm. And no wonder, besides the fact that he was taking pharmaceutical drugs and smoking and drinking, I think that there was a lot of undealt with emotion there. And so that's why my goal is to deal with my shit. (laughs) like, I can't be that person.
1: Yeah, I I I could totally identify with that one. (laughs) It's incredible when you really look at what you're dealing with and moving forward with it. And for me, like I said, it was a lot of crying and a lot of emotional healing that I had to go through and experience and let myself experience. Yeah. And, and, and it, took me, it took me a couple months, but I, I pulled myself up and somehow pasted the pieces that were left back together and moved on. Good for and you. I, yeah, my wife and I, we moved to Florida for a new start. We were originally from Chicago, so we wanted a new start in a sunny climate, mm-hmm. warmer weather. So we moved to Florida, and I lost the 30 pounds that I had gained, and all the unhealthy habits I left behind. And here I am now, and I have this amazing story to share, not only the weight loss, but having lost all those people in my life and having that em- emotional grief that I had to process and deal with. So Sure, it was those things that fueled my passion for what I'm doing right now and sharing this in, in the book that I wrote and going on interviews and, and empowering people to really look at what areas of their life may not be working and really acknowledge the areas that are working because we tend to focus too much on what's not working right, instead of what works. Because when we do that, we start creating more of whatever it is we're focusing on. So I highly encourage people to look at how are you amazing? What do you have? (laughs) What has happened in your life that makes you incredible? How are you unique? Why are you awesome? And hone in on that to kind of transform the stuff that you hate about yourself or that you just can't accept or that you really dislike You know, it's really powerful stuff when you when you look at it that way and it helps to get through some hard times in life.
0: Well, it all comes back to the gratitude, right? When we're in gratitude, we can't possibly be in that toxic feeling of everything sucks, everything's horrible, life is horrible, I'm not good enough, whatever those lies are, we tell ourselves. And so when you're in gratitude and grateful for the good things you have, because no matter what has happened in your life, there is something to be grateful for. And even if you can't recognize at the moment that everything is happening for you, not to you, you can recognize that there are good things in your life, even if it's just your dog or your childhood or a friend, you know, or the roof over your head. Or if you don't have a roof over your head, there's something else. And when you're in gratitude, you can't be in that toxicity. So the more we can be in gratitude, then the more we can let go of those other things, the more we can heal.
1: Exactly. I mean, if you think about how the universe or God, whatever whatever it is that you know anybody believes in, acknowledges that we – Acknowledge what we have in our life, like you said, we're grateful for it. So okay, so it sees that, and then we are offered more of it. Yeah, because it's like okay, well, you're you're thankful for it, so here you go.
0: That's the law of attraction. It, Me and Susie love talking exactly. about this.
1: <laughs> exactly. There's the the woo woo stuff. The woo woo.
0: Woo hoo! Woo
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, Michael, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much. Where can everyone buy your book and find you online?
1: The best place would be to go on my website, which is basically my name, Mm michaelthemes.com. And there you can find my book. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, Kobo. It's available in paperback ebook format. I have a kick-ass newsletter that you can sign up for. And I all the articles that I have on my website in my uh, newsletter are 100% organically written by me. I don't hi- I don't hire ghostwriters. Awesome. I don't have guest posting. I want it to be all content that I've created myself and it's all aligned with what my book is and what I'm talking about in this interview. And I also have some recipe ideas there, uh, giveaways sometimes. So there's a lot of cool stuff there to check out on my website that's michaeltamez.com.
0: That's awesome. And also
1: also, one more thing on my social media sites, which are on my connect tab in my website, mm-hmm. all my posts are, I research them and I look at them and make sure that they're aligned with what everything that I'm about. I don't just post stuff because it's cute mm-hmm. or I want to repost it because it's popular mm-hmm. or that all these wellness sites wellness sites are reposting. I post stuff because it comes from my heart and I want people to know that it's all you know, it's all love and it's all genuine what I'm posting. So
0: I love the auth- out there. I love the authenticity of your message because you can easily get clouded and, and there's so much content now and you're following someone and you're like, I love everything they post. And then they post some like random story that's not quite in alignment. And you're like, Oh, right. really? Do I, do I still, and it makes right. you <laughs> lose trust with that person or exactly. that brand. So exactly. I, I love that because we follow people that we know, like, and trust. And so that sounds like exactly what you're doing.
1: You got it. That is exactly that is my mission right there is to be transparent, authentic and genuine. So that way people can be that with themselves.
0: Beautiful. I love it. Can you leave us with a tweetable?
1: Love your body. Love your life because it's you only got one to live, you know, live it up.
0: Live it up. All right. Thanks so much for being here, Michael. Thank you, Michael.
1: Thank you, ladies. It was such a pleasure. I really I really appreciate what you're doing with your podcast and getting that message out there for making people aware that food can heal.
2: Thank you. Food Heals Nation, don't forget to join our mailing list so you can get all the juicy details when we launch our Food Heals VIP Club. Yep, sign up today
0: and we will email you a discount code that you can use to get 20% off
2: Anything in the club. The Food Heals VIP Club is a members-only club and holistic lifestyle brand where we will teach you strategies and classes in the fields of nutrition, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. All our favorite things to talk about. All of our favorite things.
0: (laughs) The Food Heals VIP Club is something we've been working on for a while now, and we've just been putting our hearts and souls into it. It's been really fun and rewarding, and
2: I just can't wait till we launch to bring you all this good stuff. So stay tuned for the launch date, but we are thrilled to bring you classes like how to do a juice cleanse. Or if you are looking to add more vegan meals into your life, we're going to give you the perfect vegan meal plan for ultimate health, longevity, and vitality.
0: Or if you have a health business like we do, we'll teach you the exact strategies we use to get sponsors, how to use affiliate marketing to build your business, how to attract more clients for your coaching business, how to rock the world of social media, and just so much more.
2: And of course, we promise to get a little woo-woo on you and to do all about energy healing in our manifestation classes and guided meditations, like how to manifest more money, or how to release food cravings, and even how to attract the one. I think we should get woo-hoo on them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so go to foodhealsvip.com. Sign up today.